Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody. It's just Tim here. And if you're disappointed by that, then you're going to hate the next news that I've got for you. I threatened in the last friend zone uh, that I was going to put half of an episode of a new podcast on, and this is me doing exactly what I threatened to do. It's called Socrates Walks Into a Bar. I actually recorded it um, with some comedian friends who aren't Guy three years ago, but it's out now because someone bought it off us, and right now I'm trying to juice the numbers so maybe we get a season two. So I don't know. Have a freaking listen, and uh, if you like it, hit the link that I assume I've put in the episode notes. And if you don't like it, that's all good, baby. Because um, we've got another killing here coming out for you soon. So it's it's all good stuff. It's free entertainment, essentially. Unless you support us on Substack. In which case, thank you. And um, you can do... Anyway, here it is. Bye-bye. Warning. The following podcast contains tipsy comedians attempting philosophical conversations. Any content resembling real-world advice or universal truths are entirely coincidental. Socrates walks into a bar. Three comedians solving the world's problems through philosophy. And yes, a responsible amount of alcohol. Hello and welcome to Socrates Walks Into a Bar, a show that encourages critical thinking and moderate drinking. My name is Tim Batt. I am two papers shy of a degree that I started 11 years ago, but I will get round to it at some point. I'm joined by Professor Ray O'Leary, comedian and academic expert in the field of philosophy, and Nick Rado, a man who frequently will read the first two paragraphs of all online articles he sees. Yes, and it doesn't stop me weighing into any big problem uh, at any time. So yeah, I'm very learned. Um, in the first part of any kind of conversation. I don't think it should let you hold back on voicing your opinion. No. Loud and proud. In fact, uh, often I'll just go next after I say the words that I've said. (laughs) After I've solved that problem. (laughs) Today we wanted to talk about moral philosophy and specifically the trolley problem, which is a problem that has existed among philosophers for, I don't know, at least as long as trains have been around. 30 years. Way longer than 30 years. Well, trains have been, but the trolley problem's been around for 30 years. I oh, think. really? I think yeah, 40. Right. All right. 50. This problem used to just be some dick measuring contest <laughs> among moral philosophers, but now it has real world implications because we're about to be joined on the roads by self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. Instead of a human driver, there'll be a, a bit of computer code determining the decisions they make. Here's the issue. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're in a self-driving car, totally autonomous. Mm-hmm. We're on a bridge and we're boxed in at all sides. We've got cars on all sides of us. There's a truck in front that's very heavy 
and its front two tyres blow out, hits mm. a bit of scrap metal. Suddenly the truck comes to a stop. We're going too fast to brake before we hit it. The car has to decide whether it goes forward and kills us, swerves to the left and kills four 40-year-olds, or swerves to the right and kills two teenagers. Mm. What do we instruct the computer code to get the car to do? So I'm glad that we've got an up-to-date version because I think I can beat the trolley problem. Um, Really? Yeah. It's easy. Just briefly explain what the trolley problem is. So the trolley problem is you're in a trolley and uh, so you either go towards one way and uh, you kill yourselves into like a brick wall or you swerve and you kill a whole bunch of other people. It's basically the same thing but with trolleys on a train track. Yeah. But how you beat that is when you pull the lever just as, as the train is going to go that way, then you pull the lever back and then you derail the train. I see. And then you don't kill anyone, but you just fall over. <laughs> you think that you could derail a train? Yeah. Um, just in like, the same way that you've derailed a <laughs> moral quandary. Exactly. You, okay. Is this, wait, would you derail the train just by pulling the brakes? No, because you're pulling the lever. So you lift it. So the the, the way that the the, the uh, tracks go is it goes from this track to that track. Oh, but there's just... a little bit of time where there's no, it's not joining any tracks. So in that little bit of time, I reckon I've got, I'll I'll, me, I'll measure it out. Yeah. And I'll pull it just at the right time so the train goes derails. There might be a slight risk that everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. <quite laughs> and it wipes out everybody, and it's the worst for situation. <laughs> but there could be a one opportunity where everyone survives. Yeah, so w- what I like about this, Nick, is you've not only misunderstood the solution, <laughs> but also the problem. Because <laughs> an important part of the trolley problem is that it's about whether or not you yeah. intervene. Yeah, That's right. the main philosophical yeah. point, is that you're not on the train. Yeah, sure. You're on the tracks. But, okay. And the, so there's usually... The trolley's hurling towards five people, and but you can pull the lever and hurdle it towards one, and then you've got to yeah. make that choice. So yeah. it's like, do you intervene, and, and then you're responsible for killing directly but, two people, yeah. or do you not intervene, and you are sort of still semi-intentionally responsible for five deaths. But but you could do that multi-track drifting and kill, <laughs> kill six people. You? Tokyo tro- trolley problem drift. Yeah. Um, if I was in England, I'd just put leaves on the track and then the trolleys wouldn't run uh, at any time. Or, and so the problem wouldn't be there anyway. Um, okay, well, let's move into the updated version. Yeah. Uh, self-driving uh, yeah. situation. Now, we actually did a morality test, didn't we? Yes. I think, Ray, you sent us... Yeah, so there's... A, um, did you make this up? I, I, did you code this test? <laughs> code this violent, horrible <laughs> yeah. test? No. Um, there's a test that's provided by MIT. Um, so it's this uh, self-driving car problem. And so you're given a self-driving car that's um, driving down a road, and you get given, and it's the brakes have stopped working, and you get given two options. You can either keep going straight or swerve. Um, sometimes going straight kills the person in the car. Sometimes uh, swerving kills the person in the car. Sometimes you're killing pedestrians. Sometimes your only choice to kill pedestrians and you're given sort of two groups of people um, to kill sometimes they're animals sometimes they're humans sometimes they, they can be fitter you know unhealthier they can be doctors they can be homeless and so you get given all these range of options and we have to and we get given these 20 uh, sort of options where we had to choose who lived and who died mm. and then we got given our results overall about what we cared about there was, mm. it analysed what we thought was important for morality and so we've all got our results mm. and so I yeah. guess we're going to go through now and uh, see who we thought should survive okay. during this 
AI uh, malfunctioning <laughs> thought experiment. Okay. So the first uh, thing is um, most saved character. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. guys have one? Yes, I have my most saved character. Yeah. Um, I got the uh, female runner. So the, the, the <laughs> I, I, I would say I see what's going on here. <laughs> the athletic, probably younger woman, <laughs> likes a little bit of philosophy. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> Long walks on the in front of self-driving cars. I actually didn't expect, but the, the MIT kept asking me if I wanted to kill the fat or skinny people. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I didn't know this was part of it. Right. This makes me feel very uncomfortable. Yes. So, but you yep. you were saving athletic women, <laughs> left, right, and center. You, you, realize, you, you, you put this problem into like a, a Tinder date situation. <laughs> this is like I, a dating app I, for I, you. I can't put this on my profile now. <laughs> who, did you, who did you save most? I saved a... Uh, what's, a character that looked most like me, actually. <laughs> it's just so, like a you know mid mid to late thirties, some dude, uh, some dude oh, and oh, running shorts, yeah. and he's ho- he's holding a mic. He's doing a tight five. He's doing a tight five. Anyway, he's got some great ideas about trolleys. Um, I, I keep saving old people. My most saved person is a, is an elderly person crossing the street. That that's really? so interesting. That given the choice. I mean, I guess that's the classic thing is you help the old person cross the road and stuff. But it's interesting that yes. so this is a life or death scenario. You yes. know, it's like it's like you know triaging at a hospital. You know, there's only mm. only so you know someone has to die, someone has to live, and it's interesting <laughs> that you choose because normally when you get given an old person, they also give you a young person. Yes. So you're sort of killing you know children and this, stuff. That's not even the worst part. My most killed character mm. for some reason was a female doctor, <laughs> and, and that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that's about, but I was not happy to see that result from the MIT Moral Machine results. Were you, were you so worried about playing favourites? Like you don't yeah, want I think to I just psyched myself all. out. I was like, I know what you want me to do. I'm going to kill the skinny woman. <laughs> I'm smarter than you, MIT. Wow, that is amazing. I, so, see, I, 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 w- I once had to judge a competition where um, I could give either $100 to my flatmate hmm. or another guy, and it was meant to be decided by um, crowd reaction. Hmm. And the crowd reaction, I guess, was kind of going a little bit more towards my flatmate, yeah. but not you know enough. And I didn't want to look biased, so, so I gave $100 to the other guy, wow. um, which my flatmate still hasn't forgiven me about. Just but, but, he, but, he's, but also, he's still alive. Like This is going to look... <laughs> I haven't killed my wife, though, but it was just, I kind of guess I freaked out on the moral machine quiz. Yeah. Okay. Well, especially because <laughs> the re- reason why that is so telling, I think, is because there are were many other options to, to kill. Like yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah so, so my most killed character was a dog. That yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, my most killed character is a cat. <laughs> Shit. Let's, uh, let's zoom out a little bit and sort of analyze what we're talking about here. Sure. There's different approaches to this. So my general approach to the trolley problem is utilitarianism right which is the greatest good for the greatest many this was an idea put forward originally by a guy called um jeremy bentham is that right yep jb jb yeah jb smooth he, uh, i think he's known in the philosophical world that's right he was kicking around in the 18th century known predominantly as jb smooth yeah uh, among the the british philosophical aristocracy yeah he was a cool cat he was um, the first ever recorded person to be for homosexual law reform. He was like, why is it illegal to have gay sex? Wow. Do it. Yeah. It's none of the state's business. Yeah, great. Um, he was also a big fan of animal rights yep. because wow. he thought that the 
um, measure of how you treat animals or differently able people mm. should be their capacity to feel pain, not their intellect, mm. which I think is a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah, right. So utilitarianism for me, it just makes common sense, right? Like I want to – so when I was doing the trolley problem, I thought I was trying to put everyone on the same – Yep. level yep. is like everyone's life is worth the same mm-hmm. so how can I kill the least amount of people right yep. right oh, right but inadvertently it's come out that I want to maybe kill my wife sure <laughs> yeah well that well that is a criticism of utilitarianism that it can be quite personal uh, like in, impersonal and cold and you yeah. know cruel it seems so in <laughs> <laughs> marriage ending yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I also try to follow a utilitarian type approach um, to these results um, because yeah, utilitarianism is all about you know saving more lives or you know trying to do the greatest good for the greatest number but and given that we're in this life or death situation I was you know so for example I would choose to save a younger person over the older person because the younger person has more life ahead of them so there's a, causes a great amount, greater amount of happiness in the world if we leave you know them to live because then they can go on and live a happier life. Whereas an older person, if right. they survive, you know they might only live another five years, for example, as opposed to eighty. And so you're maximising the number of lives. So yeah. Time so that's what out. you think. What's that called? Um, so that is, you know, I, I would consider it's that a form of utilitarianism. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I've yeah, sort sure. of married the utilitarianism with everyone's life should be worth the same yeah. regardless of how old you are so, yeah. which may be a too incompatible yeah, well, I'll, thoughts I'll, but yeah, see, yeah. I, well I was going to get to it later but we can talk about it now but um, I get, so the thing about utilitarianism is it's sort of like a calculator so everyone, you know, everyone's lives do matter equally everyone's happiness does matter equally you know, just the, because say you're a king um, be, being a king wouldn't make your happiness more important than mine. You know, everyone's happiness goes into the machine, into the calculator equally, but it can come out looking like cr- causing quite um, unequal outcomes. So, f- for example, Peter Singer, um, an Australian philosopher, he talks mm. about in his book, say you came across um, someone who, you know, their leg, you know, they've, they've broken their leg, you know, mm. that's in a great huge amount of pain, and you've also met someone who's stubbed their toe or something, mm. and you've got two shots of morphine. Now, to treat them equally, you could give them both one shot of morphine each. You know, the stub toe is going to seem like, you know, a distant dream to that guy. But the, yeah. the guy who's broken his leg and is in pain, he's still going to be in quite a lot of pain. Mm. Um, and so he says what you should do is give the two shots of um, morphine to the one guy. And so that is that is utilitarian reasoning. You know, everyone's both their happiness has gone onto the machine and has been weighed equally. But you can still cause the greater amount of good by treating them unequally. Right. Yes. Because yeah. yes. you, you minimize it's all the amount of outcome focused. Yeah. However, you get there is irrelevant. Yeah. So, yeah. with the trolley problem, yeah. the fact if you're pulling the lever or not, yeah. if, you're, if you have to actively swerve in to kill people, mm. irrelevant. Yeah. It's mm. just how many lives yeah. will get saved at the end. Exactly. This seems like intuitively kind of hard to argue against. Yeah. The pro- it seems quite common sense. The, the problem me. is that it has a lot of, it can cause, you can end up sort of justifying anything because, you know, any action. You know, in a theoretical situation, can you know cause good outcomes, and it can lead to situations where it feels like you're being cold towards your family. You know, if you're a strict utilitarian, you know you shouldn't care about your family more than anyone else because you know your family oh, are just, just other human beings on the especially planet. Especially if it's a small family, yeah, it's a <laughs> <laughs> and the next door neighbours are a greater family. Yeah, than you. you should start giving some of your money to them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to go through the rest of our results? Um, yes. About- very quickly, yeah. I want to go. So you guys are both utilitarianism. I'm into this uh, thing called game theory. Oh, yep. 
Do you know about game theory? A little bit. I think... Not enough. I Listen, I am the king of only half-reading stuff, so I'm <laughs> going to try and explain it to you. Um, the game theory, what I understand is, um, so life is a game, and like any game, you have to sort of weigh up whether it's uh, worth you playing, so if there's enough in it for you to win, or for you to come out and, um, or at least have a good time, you know, um, trying to get it, or even if it is an achievable game to win. Mm-hmm. So the game of life... You have to. If you don't think that that's a achievable or winning type of game, then the theory, the game theory, is you should commit suicide because you you may you, you may as well get, tap out. Now. I had that board game as a kid, and I do not remember that being an option. I remember there being little pegs on a car and a spinning wheel. Yeah. I don't remember that, any ability to be like. That was the game of life. Yeah, is that what yeah. happened when yeah. the when the spinner came off the spinner? That yeah. was happened to me a lot. Is that you, 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 you had just, to turn the car upside down. Like, I'm no, sorry, that, you've ended it. That's when. You, you flip the board over and then you run out of the room and say, I hate you all to your mum and dad. Um, no, so that so they, it says, yeah, you might as well commit suicide if you're gonna um, if you're not going to be in the game, right? So if you decide to be in the game, then you have to be all in. You have to gamble. Because if you don't, if you're not all in and if you're not trying to win the game, then if you're just sitting to the side and just hoping that things will pass and, and just watching it and just being in the game but just observing it, that's an, an act of suicide in itself because even though you're living, you're, you're not living the best your best life, if so that makes a, sense. according to this theory, what is like living? What do you do? To, what so, are, how do you so, get points? So basic, all in. Yeah, all so, in. So basically, you need to, if you're going to live a proper life, you need to take some risks. You need to take risks yeah. to try and at least level up and, yeah. and, and, and you know, play the game. Try but and what does that points. mean? Does that mean helping other people? Does that mean self-improvement? Does that I, mean accumulating my, as much money as my, possible? Whatever that means to you. Whatever yeah. you're trying to get out of the game. I, if you're yeah. Often I understand it as in, in game theory is it's sort of trying to maximize your own self interest a lot of the time. Ah, trying, trying so whatever figure, your self interest uh, is. Trying to figure out what's best for you. <laughs> so here's what here's what here's what we know about Nick so far. He saved the character that looked the most similar to himself. And he's become a fan of a theory that is about maximizing self-interest. <laughs> it's so, quite illuminating. Well, because I thought you were quite a nice guy before we started doing this. Ep. But then it becomes, yeah, maybe this is a bit more therapy than it is yeah. philosophy. I don't, yeah. I don't mean to, I don't mean to point out sort of a glass houses throwing stones kind of thing, Tim. Yeah. But you do want to murder your wife. So yeah, that's why I don't. credit where it's due. Yeah, I mean, none about none of us are getting out of this one clean, are we? Yeah, the moral. How do we drag <laughs> Professor Ray O'Leary down the hole with well, us? Well, look, some of my results I'm not happy to share, so when we get to that... Oh, okay. well, what are you, what are you most well, unhappy with? Well, it, well do you, what I'm most un- Well, we'll get to that. It's the final thing. But So there's um, lots of different things. So the first thing they analyze... Well, one of the other things they analyze your results on is whether or not you saved more lives or less lives. Did the number of people that you could possibly have saved in these scenarios we looked at, did that influence your decisions at all? For me, it was 100%. Every time I could save more lives rather than less, regardless of who it was... I would save more lives, unless it was an animal, in which right. case animals' lives I weighed yeah. less. I was below the average, so yeah. other people, so, yeah, for saving more people, they said, like, this is what other people would do, and yeah. I was slightly under. I couldn't but, read the graphs, so maybe you guys <laughs> could help me with that, because I printed out. I just, the pictures really helped. Saving yeah. more lives, so yeah, okay, you, so that mattered you a lot to mattered me. a lot. Yeah, in yeah. fact, you were like, yeah. if you could have gone any further over yeah. to saving as many people as you could, that's what I, that I said. just would have yeah. been murdering like, yeah. individuals yeah. and giving the organs. 
Americans to save groups of yeah, individuals. Yeah, to yeah, save okay. China. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're the exact same um, position as me when it comes to saving yeah. more. Yeah, just an emphasis on saving more lives rather than, than less, which makes sense if you're thinking in terms of a utilitarian. Right. Because you're trying to maximize the greatest good. Yeah. Right. I'm only 50 over, just over 50% yeah. trying oh, to right. save everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Because what you were trying to. Well, I was, I was trying, trying to, to skill the game. <laughs> yeah, I was gambling. I was, <laughs> I was held in. I was playing the game. But you survived. <laughs> yeah, but I survived. <laughs> the, the next thing is um, protecting passengers. So this is an interesting Ooh. thing for um, self-driving cars as well, which is a question, I guess, the develop the you know makers of them have to make is that yeah. if you were developing a self-driving car, would you try and make it save passengers or would you try and make it save pedestrians? Because you you want to sell your car, and would people buy a car that in certain scenarios will kill the driver now, over? This, this is, a great, is yeah. super interesting. Yeah. It's like. Humans instinctively have a really high prioritization of self-preservation, yeah, right? Yeah. We will always want to protect ourselves, often at the expense of, of even other lives yeah, around absolutely. us, right? So the question becomes, do we want to program these cars to act like humans would? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of just replicating human drivers but getting the convenience of humans don't have to drive so we can yeah. get drunk all the time. Yeah. Or should we be ambitious enough to try to code a superior moral into these vehicles and put our own lives at risk a little bit more as a result. So I feel that we should have the different options and we should be able to choose those options. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the interesting thing about that. If you introduced any choice, don't Mm. you think everyone would then go for the most asshole coded car no because they would have to to survive no because this is what you do I think within the car you've um, you can so you you put your seatbelt on uh, you put the radio on you start the engine and then you go alright <laughs> What mode is this car going to be in now on this trip? You decide per ride. Yeah. Because mm. if you have somebody in, in the car that you don't like, maybe you go... <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Like, if, like, for example, if Tim was out for a drive with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like... <laughs> Let's let's uh, let's look after everyone. Let's look after everyone out there. Yeah, or if I'm driving by myself. <laughs> yeah. If Nick is in the car, he's like, protect me at all available costs. But then you get the situation where, like, if I'm, I'm driving with Tim and his wife, and he sets it on one mode while he's not looking, I'll switch it to another mode. <laughs> so, but I feel like that you 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 feel different on different days yeah. about different things, no. and I feel like you have you should be able to choose. Oh. The problem is. Yeah, as long as I think I think whatever you do, it can't cross the center line. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that should be a given. That should be a given. No. You can't select break the law and just yeah. there shouldn't be a murder mode. No, yeah. Like what was that Stephen King movie about oh, the, the murderous the, car? The car? Christine? Is that what it was called? Yeah. No, are you thinking of um, you're thinking of are you thinking of Carrie? No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's called Christa. It's a woman's name. He oh. wrote it while he was. On a lot of cocaine. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was so, about this murderous wow. car. Okay. So it was a vision of the fu- your future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you're having a bad day, haven't had a coffee today, blam, kill everyone. <laughs> what do you think yeah. of that, right? Well, so so part of my feeling is that so I'm torn because I feel like eventually self-driving cars are going to be safer than human drivers. I think eventually, you know, when we've got this proper, you know, it's going to be it's many years away. Oh, yes. Yeah. But um, it seems like we want to be encouraging people to buy self-driving cars and get in them. But then the thing is, will people want to buy self-driving cars, which are 
you know, going to be safer overall probably than humans driving. This is the thing. They're going to be massively safer. Yeah. yeah. There will still always be accidents and things. Obviously, yeah. It's the especially physical world, I'm... but... <laughs> especially when Nick's on the road and if he has any ability to choose how this car drives. Well, that's, I think, what philosophers are trying to do when they develop moral theories anyway. They're trying to, you know, people, they'll, make, they'll think one thing in a certain situation, but they'll think another thing in another situation, which, and they're inconsistent, their two beliefs. And so philosophers, ethicists, they try and you know, figure out what's this consistent thing. What's a moral theory I can apply to every single situation? And I guess MIT, it seems, are trying to sort of get a rough feeling for what the average person thinks by doing the survey online. Is that what they're doing? When uh, we filled out this MIT moral machine, are we like informing the code of I, future self-driving cars? I hope not. <laughs> Same dude. <laughs> yeah, especially because if it's designated to you, oh, this is what Tim wanted. You know, this is what he likes Oh, man. Try. No. <laughs> Can I just have on the record? Please don't do that, MIT. Okay, the next one is um, uphold the law. Yeah. So this is so sometimes the pedest- there would be pedestrians crossing the road that you could hit, and sometimes they would be crossing the road when they should, and sometimes they'd have just be crossing when they shouldn't. Mm. Um, and so, did this matter at all to you guys? Um, I guess so. For me, I think I've got it um, sort of somewhat, somewhat in the middle, but. Um, oh, I should say, um, yeah, consciously, I wasn't thinking about protecting the passengers. Or I, it did, to me, it didn't matter whether or not you were in the car or um, oh, crossing okay. the road. I think, I think when I did this, um, and at the same time, upholding the law. I only ever used that as a tiebreaker where I felt like I couldn't decide between the two groups of people. Then I would choose to kill the people who were breaking the law. I thought I was doing that as well. But according <laughs> to my readout, I actually am like slightly above the average in valuing what the law says, which I find repugnant. Because <laughs> right. I do not value what the law says in a whole bunch of situations. You've turned to yeah. a real Judge Dredd type. Yeah, exactly. To- like I think the law only – I only like to follow it when it makes sense to me. When I'm like, yeah, I, I get where they're coming from there. Yeah. But sure. if the Lord doesn't make sense, if I'm like, yeah. this doesn't hurt yeah. literally anybody. I agree. I'm going to break the law. The grey area. Come get me, cops. I'm like LEG doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But for this, like, yeah, like you, Ray, I only used it as a tiebreaker. What did you do? Can can you guess what my results were? I reckon you're very into the law. Interesting. According to me, yeah, uh, lock me up <laughs> <laughs> because when others think that the laws matter, I'm right underneath. Like Nick chaotic neutral, upholding yeah. the law it does not matter to me. Yeah. Wow. So again, gambling. Huh. I'm all in. I didn't. To be honest, I didn't know these results were going to be as telling as. as <laughs> Do you agree with that? Is it? Is this a yeah. personality test yeah. in a way? Maybe. This is better than horoscope. Well, because I'm like you. I'm, I'm a real. Uh, I hate black and white. I'm yeah. always, uh, or, or where people think literally about things. I, yeah. I, I just, I just don't get that. Mm-hmm. So, for example, at um, the airport, mm-hmm. um, and we're going through this rig- rigorous sc- screening and scanning process and stuff, and we have the greatest uh, X-ray machines that can tell, you know, the minutest things that are on us, mm-hmm. but they still can't tell whether it's a laptop or not. <laughs> 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 and I'm just going, can you just invest some money <laughs> so I don't have to pull the laptop out and put it in the site? So, like, and I'm about and – I, and I sometimes I'll just – like one time I put the laptop out and I put the bag on top and they were like – and it got – and it still got, uh, you they know, didn't specially like selected. And I'm like – and they said, you need to take the laptop out of the bag. And I you said, got 
Neat stripe of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the whole point of this thing. <laughs> you can see through that. Yeah. You can clearly do And it's like, yeah. And so I had many arguments about that. Also about um, the uh, 7kg limit um, mm-hmm. for hand luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I one time had to... Uh, take out my 7kg uh, 1kg over my 7kg thing and put it into my actual big suitcase but for me the whole weight it doesn't change doesn't change yeah. did they actually have you up for that yeah what airline were you flying I was flying Air New Zealand really uh, our, our, it's yeah. never but happened to me I'm always in the airport and they say a reminder to all passengers no. your carry on luggage must and, be on the and I'm like around, you're full of shit I've never hap- been had up for it only this. happens around Christmas time Really, because you're on a regional try, flight, yeah. People try and you know, and is. yeah, maybe I was trying to you know squeeze in an extra 12 kg, but <laughs> seriously, <laughs> no, but it's uh, but for me, it's like that black and white, and you can argue, and they can see that, that you have a point, yeah, but because they well, and then they job. do that, it's their job, yeah. and it's like there's no one, and they don't have the power to change the rules, mm. and they think that they'll get fired because of the rules. Mm. That's what I really disagree with, so that's why I feel like. I do agree with the law yeah. doesn't really matter because yeah. I can see yeah. I'm like you. If it makes sense, yeah, definitely follow so, it up. See, but. yeah, I'm really I'm conflicted about this. I definitely used to be a lot more like who cares what the law says? You know, you should just do what's good and what's right because we all know that just because something's legal doesn't mean it's good, and just because something's illegal doesn't mean it's bad. Yes. Um, and so I completely agree, I used to agree, but now I've started to think. When it comes to like government laws and stuff, you know, there's lots of different people out there, and we're all trying to coordinate with each other and live harmoniously in society. Yes. That I've started to lean a little bit more towards, as a rule, you should, you know, as a rule of thumb, you should follow the law. Like, there should be, like, you know, not breaking the law should be considered, you know, like, prima facie bad. Like, um, you should just sort of... Like, and is that because we need to exist together? We've all got different intrinsic interests and agreements on things, ba- but yeah. we need to have some code to coexist. Basically, there needs to be like some compromise. Like yeah. for, so, for example, um, as a controversial um, take, um, so we've in New Zealand, it's uh, abortion is allowed, right? right? But there are some people who are really, really against that because you know they think it's um, yeah. the murder of an infant, and and, and you know you hear in the states, you know, there are people who show up to these places with you know weapons and they want to you know kill doctors and, and stuff. They have, yeah, yeah, and um, and that's against the law and so I guess it's important I think to have sort of like this collective morality that we all abide by because you know if we break the law to do what we think is morally right mm. then you know these anti-abortion people and I don't want you know I don't want them murdering people but you know there's this, like this this may be overly simplistic but yeah. here's how the filter I always put it yeah. through will it affect anyone yeah I if I shoot an abortionist yeah. like that's going to affect someone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But if I smoke a huge amount of weed and play GTA 5 on a projector mm. at my yeah. house, no. it doesn't negatively affect anyone. No, no. In fact, I'm a jobs creator because I'm probably going to order a bunch of pizza. <laughs> someone's got to make them. Someone's got to deliver them. You yeah. had a dealer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We've got a drug dealer. And he only works in cash, so he's already struggling in society in terms of being, you know, not having Part a of the bank banking, account. Part yeah, <laughs> the system. banking that's system. That's right. So yeah. you're helping another fellow person out. Right. So that's a really great rule. But yeah. here's the rule that I live by. It's Confucius, oh. who was the, uh, the the biggest Chinese uh, philosopher ever to hit was the town. Was that a fat joke? <laughs> no. Was, was he he's always oh, no, depi- no. Isn't he always depicted as no, big, or am I just thinking of Buddha? Yeah, I think you might just be thinking okay, of Buddha. Okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, actually, so, I was, was going to guess what Buddha's ethnicity was, and I was going to be like, no, I don't know. <laughs> but his, his thing is the golden rule, mm-hmm. which is uh, do to other people what you want to done to yourself. Yeah. And oh, so Jesus plagiarized that. Yeah. Mate. 
What a load of BS. Yeah, because I think Confucius, yeah, he was around before Jesus. So, yeah. Do unto others is another one of those ones that feels intrinsically sensible. Yeah. yeah but Except that, when you get into fetishes. Yeah, I see what you mean. It depends on what your limit of. Everyone's got different tastes and whatnot. See, and what, you can extend it into other realms yeah. outside the bedroom, but. You know, that's just a good, tangible example for everyone, I think. So that's my goal. I believe in that. It's a golden mm-hmm. rule. So that's how I treat people. So I like I treat people how I want to be how I want to be treated, and that's the only thing I go on. I think, yeah, I think the golden rule again. It's a good rule of thumb, um, <laughs> but, but it's definitely not the be all and end all. So I think, yeah. like Tim already highlighted a problem. Yeah, like so, for example, um, brain surgery. Um, I would like brain surgeons to do brain surgery unto me. Um, yes. But I would not like to do brain surgery under them because uh, I'm not a brain surgeon. You know, there's sort of like there's um, well, no, no, I, well, I think that that's isn't that slightly off though because yes. we're not. But then that be, and then that becomes another problem. So it'd be, the thing is, like, I think so. Um, some philo- uh, like I think Immanuel Kant has a very similar theory to this, and I feel like it suffers from a similar problem, which is right. how specific are you being? So when I want the brain surgeon to, I don't know, do brain surgery for me. I guess you might say, like, help each other or, you know. Yeah, or pay for your, a service. Or yeah, pay or what use, you're professionally good at. Or perform your at. job to the best of your ability yes, at all yes, times. Yes, yes. I would be so much more impressed if Confucius did say, do unto brain surgery as you want brain surgery done unto you 500 years before Jesus was kicking around. Like then I think he's got some moral authority and weight yeah. to be like, I yeah. called this thing yeah. thousand and a half years before it was even in existence. Yeah. yeah. But I guess the big problem with the golden rule is that we want different things, right? Yeah. There you go. That's the first half of episode one of Socrates Walks Into a Bar. If you liked it, please go and subscribe. That's all. That's all. Okay, bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else custom spray five and one only from rustolium even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.